everybody, and welcome to another Nostalgia Crew, your monthly podcast, all things nostalgia. I'm Bill, along with Danielle. Hello! And this month, we are going to review something... Well, actually, first off, we got to celebrate, because today is our four... Well, not today, but this month is our four-year anniversary of the podcast, so yay. We, we came prepared, and when we mean by came prepared, we didn't get anything. Yep. <laughs> but um, we, we are going to review something a little later on, uh, because normally we don't talk about Easter at this time, because either it will have happened in March or early April by the time we usually record an April show, but this time around is a little different, so... Uh, we'll talk about that, and we'll also have some nostalgia-related topics and news to mm-hmm. discuss. Um, I- I'll tell you, it-, it feels weird to have Easter this late. Yes, it's very late. Um, it's I've had, you know, I remember there's been a few times in the past. Where it's been in, like, mid-April, but, I mean, this is really late. Because, I mean, um, after next, um, a week from, good Lord, let me think now. A week from, let me look at this calendar. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday is May. Yeah. Like, usually, so... Um, and I don't really keep track of Easter too much, really, because um, my family, we don't do anything, really, mm-hmm. for Easter. Because um, we used to, um, we don't really, we used to go to church when I was a kid. And then when I was an adult, my parents were like, you know, you can pick whether you want to go or not. And then um, we used to always go out to eat, but then... Um, my grandfather, my great aunt passed away, so like that used to be like a big family thing. But then the less of our family that was here, the less that we did it. Mm-hmm. So, and also since I'm no longer in school, I can't base it off of that because that's also how I knew. Because when I was in school, at least until college, Easter fell when your spring break was either week before or week of. So, yeah. <laughs> So I honestly, I, I wouldn't really know unless somebody told me. Right. Um, I mean, usually Easter, see, it's weird because like for a while until um, my nephews came, Easter was a little low key. I mean, we, we'd, we'd have the big dinner, you know be ham and all the other sides that would go with it. But, um, you know, traditionally, until this year, and I'll explain why in a moment, um, you know, everyone would come over for Easter, the kids would get the baskets, they'd play with their toys, they'd do all this stuff. Uh, this year's a little different. Um, some family members are in another state for for, for good enough reasons. I'm, I'm not going to say it on on this on the air um but no i mean we 
we do have, you know, the family still comes together for Easter, so I'm I'm glad that we still have that. But. Yeah, my mom cooks uh, sometimes, you know, occasionally just be a few of us, but even this year it's going to be weird because <clears throat> my relatives were going to come up for a visit, but then um, they had to cancel, which, because um, something else came up. And my sister and her husband are going to her mother-in-law's house. So, um, so it's just me and my parents. Yeah. So it's kind of like, my mom's still going to cook, but it's just going to feel weird. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but imagine all the leftovers you got, eh? And the Ten Commandments, um, I believe, I, I'm... It's on tonight instead of tomorrow, which... Yeah, th- that's been that way for a few years now. Oh, okay. Because I remember when I was a kid, the Ten Commandments always came on Easter I Sunday. I know, I know. And then what's weird, because I don't know if it started at 7 where you are, but it's starting at 8 for me, which is very oh. weird. And, like, they air it, and it's, like, almost five hours worth of... The Ten Commandments, because it is a long movie. Yeah, it's a long movie because we owned it when I was a kid, and it was two VHS tapes. Yeah, we recently sold ours, so yeah. Um, actually, I'll tell you what's also a little weird. Well, not a little weird, but also funny. While we're recording this, um, if you guys have this channel called Up, they are showing the greatest story ever told, which is an old. It's about a fifty-year-old movie. Yeah. And it's about the life of Jesus. And mm-hmm. uh, it has Max von Sydow as Jesus. I didn't realize until recently he's an atheist. So that's so to see him now, knowing he's an atheist, playing the role of Jesus. That's like somebody told me, and I'm not sure how true this is because I haven't actually seen it, but... um. Last year, uh, I think it was Foxers, one of the channels did a live musical version of Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, yeah, NBC did, yeah. NBC, and um, somebody was complaining and said, you know that musical was written by an atheist as a parody of, like, it was? I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how much truth there is to that statement, but I would find that very hilarious if that were the case because a lot of really religious people I know love that musical. The the fun I, I never forget this, Danielle, and I meant to tell you this last yeah. year. When they were show like when they were like, You can watch Jesus Christ Superstar on MB you know, on the NBC app and they were posting like the different reviews, one of the like things that it said was a mild miracle. I'm like, okay, a mild miracle. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I feel like Jesus Christ Superstar, or with most musicals for that matter, unless it's like a lesser known one, you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a big, you, you watch it to see how it's executed, not yeah. so much what happened. Like, I watched Grease because I wanted to see how it was going to be done, not what happened, because I knew what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how do you kind of... Um, so that was kind of... Yeah. I didn't see it last year, but um, 
Yeah. Uh, Easter for me right now, I'm all about the candy. That's <laughs> a big thing. So we almost have eaten all of it. Wow. Well, yeah. Know, not, not to cut you off. It, it's like I overheard my mom say to somebody today, like after Easter, right. there is no major candy holiday from now until October. That is correct, and, and she's right on the right on the dot. I, I I just I had to think, but she's absolutely right. Um, because we got the candy. Um, I don't know if you know. Um, if you go to Target, Target has this special candy, like um, Reese's and M and M's, but it's like limited edition that you can only get at Target. Mm -hmm. So they do it for. Um, Easter, they do it for Valentine's Day, they do it for Halloween, and I believe they do it for Christmas, but I'm not 100% sure. Right. Um, and so every time I have to go to Target, so uh, it would be nice if they did it for the 4th of July, but I highly doubt it. <laughs> I highly doubt it. Uh, yeah, but your mom's absolutely right. I didn't think about that, but yeah. Um, I mean, you can get your mother candy for Mother's Day, but, like, right. you don't see people running out and saying, yay, candy. because hey, <laughs> Mother's Day is not considered a candy holiday. Um, although I will say that my mother lives near a Wakenfa store, and uh, about a couple years ago, my sister's mother-in-law, we took her over there. The day before Mother's Day, and there were like all these husbands and their kids, like, <laughs> <laughs> like last minute shopping rush. Okay, <laughs> so, so I guess it's popular for some, but not all. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, well, why don't we get into the news? And I'll, sure. I'll let you start. Okay. Um. Well, I hate to ex. Um expand on this story um, again, but the latest Lori Laughlin is that <laughs> she has not, has pled not guilty and her husband her and her husband have now been um, charged with a whole new set of oh, wow. um, it's money laundering now. Right, right. So, it's very possible that she might not be able to be on Fuller House next season because she might be in jail. <laughs> so, I didn't really think anything. But then I thought of it, and, and the fact that Hallmark came down so hard on her. Not only has Hallmark written her out of the show, but the episodes that they already shot, they have digitally removed her from the episodes. Oh, like, my lord. <laughs> I was like, so when you know someone as family friendly as Hallmark does that, you piss them off. Yep, pretty much. You like, uh, I have never heard of anything like that. Because with a lot of other shows, because um, there's been a lot of issues where famous people have been fired from shows due to either misconduct or something. You know, they usually would just air the episodes they shot and then just say, "Oh, they're," but. Hallmark was like, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> We're digitally wiping her out of the episode. <laughs> Which... And, and I'm actually glad you brought that up because um, 
Felicity Hoffman pled guilty. Right. Which is very interesting. I thought she would, you know, do what Lori did, but she's like, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm guilty. I did it. Screw this. Yeah, she's... And then, um... She also said that her daughter had no idea what... My mom has a hard time believing that part. <laughs> because... I feel like, well, maybe with her daughter, maybe she didn't know. Right. I feel like Lori Laughlin's daughters, how, you're in school for a crew rowing scholarship, and you know darn well you've never rowed a day in your life, so how <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Like, where in your, how does that not register that, oh, I got it, you know? Yeah. And it's not like when you're a kid and your parents can hide that from you. Like when you're in college, because I, you know, we've been in college. My sister works for college. Ninety, a lot of what you have to do, you're responsible for. Like all those stuff. Um, my sister is constantly having to deal with parents calling and saying, "Oh, can my kid do this? And can you do this for my kid?" And blah blah blah. And her and her having to tell you, your kid is responsible for it, you know. So it's very difficult mm-hmm. for the parent. Like, even when they do orientation, they take the kids away from the parents. I foot my mother out, but you, <laughs> you know. So there's no way you could not know. And I don't, not to mention her daughter, um, it is sad though because her daughter would have been perfectly fine not going to college. She didn't have her daughter had a career, mm-hmm. a model. She was an influence. She was doing okay. She right. didn't really need to go to college, and she, nor did she want to go to college. Just the other thing. I'm not. I'm not saying that. You know, if you wanted to force her to go to school, send her to community college, give her take some courses somewhere. I don't. But don't take it away from a deserving kid who should be there. And, like, that that really irked me. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, it's like we said the last time, you know, we, we, we talked about, you know, about all of this. How it was going to get worse before, you know, all everything was done. Yeah. And it's definitely getting there right now um are we gonna get more big names maybe maybe not you know we don't really know at this point in time but and the weird part is how if it wasn't for this other guy being convicted of another crime we would have never known about any of this pretty much all it takes is one like the only reason we even know about this is because this other one of the parents had a white collar crime or something else, and as part of a le- to get a lesser sentence for that, he admitted to this. Mm-hmm. Like, crazy. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. All right. Um, I want to talk about this because I actually found this out today because I was out of town all week. So. Oh yeah. Um. So. Now, before I say this, I, I want to tell our listeners, do not fast forward this part. But 
we're going to talk about all TV shows again, but it's for a good reason. It's for a good reason, so don't fast forward through this. They fast forward? Because... You, you can fast forward through a podcast. No, I know, but they fast forward because we talk about old TV shows? No, I'm just saying in general. You know. Oh, okay, I was like... No, 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 I'm just saying in general. Okay, sounds um, like it's nostalgic. <laughs> but I mean, you know, we talk about shows, you know, that come back, basically. From oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, we're gonna have two shows coming back, mm-hmm. but it is for one night only. Oh. On May the 22nd, Norman Lear, along with Jimmy Kimmel, will be producing, for one night only, two 90-minute episodes of All in the Family and the Jeffersons. What? Oh, you have not heard this. Okay. No. That's insane. So, what's going to happen is, um, Jimmy Kim- like I said, Jimmy Kimmel and Norman Lear, they're going to pretty much be like the producers for this. Uh-huh. And it's going to air live with a live audience. Oh, God. So you're going to get 90 minutes of All in the Family and 90 minutes of the Jeffersons. Uh-huh. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, who's going to be in this? Yeah. Well, let's start with All in the Family. Playing the role of Archie Bunker will be Woody Harrelson. Oh, God. <laughs> I could no, t- see. So is this... A re- so this is a total reboot, I'm assuming, because... it. Well, no, it's a one-night-only thing. Yeah, it's a total reboot of the... Fr- because Archie's in it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Playing the role of Edith will be Marissa Tomei. Okay. And playing the role of their daughter, Gloria, will be Ellie Kemper. Okay, that I can see. And there'll probably be more names announced in the future. Now, for the Jeffersons, playing the role of George Jefferson will be Jamie Foxx. Eh? Yeah, that, that's that's how I felt. See, that, yeah. It, anyways, go on. I'll explain why. All right. <laughs> playing the wall, the wall, playing the wall. I'm Bob Walters. No, uh, playing the role of his wife, uh, Wheezy, will be Wanda Sykes. Okay. Will Farrell will appear as their friend Tom Willis. Okay, that yeah, I can see that. And Justina Machado will play the housekeeper, Florence. I have to Google her. Hold on. Okay. So, I, I well, I'm just going to ask. You know, this is your first time knowing of this. I don't know if I want to watch it. Really? Hmm. I really don't. Okay. Is there's no word as to whether it's set in the present day or is it set in a no no word. 
Okay. Because all in the family doing it in the present day now. <laughs> that there's, no, the envelope. there's no way you could make Archie Bunker sympathetic now. <laughs> I mean, in fact, there are people, I have a friend who, um, she's 10 years younger than me. And she started watching reruns of All in the Family, and she doesn't even like... In fact, she was ticked... Spoiler alert for those who've never watched All in the Family. She was ticked that Edith died because she felt as though Archie should have um, not... (laughs) uh, uh, She she was like, that's not fair. She suffered all those years, and she died. I was like, thank you. I was like, she killed her off because the actress wanted to leave the show. It wasn't though, like, they, you know, she wanted her. They even linked her to the interview where the actress discussed that she wanted her to, that to happen. Yeah. Like, it wasn't. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, that's going to be tough to do. The Jeffersons could still work, but. All in the Family is a really tough show to do now yeah. because, I mean, Last Man Standing kind of is like All in the Family. Yeah, but now, but since they're on Fox, they could probably get away with more. Yeah, I haven't watched Last Man Standing in a while. I watched it the first year it was on before it got real political, but um, I do remember seeing a commercial for it, and um, he's teaching his grandson how to. Um, rock climb and he says yeah with that equipment you could get over any wall you want and he's like just don't tell the president that oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like oh boy yeah so um but I um the yeah the Jeffersons you could still kind of kind of you could yeah and um I mean, some parts of it wouldn't be nearly as groundbreaking as it was back then, because, like, The Jeffersons was the first sitcom that featured an interracial black-and-white married couple on television. Yeah. Which nowadays would be like... Although, to be fair, you actually don't see that much on TV now, which is weird, but... um, I don't... And it's not that... I like Jimmy Kimmel though. I love Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. So like he's yeah. Um and I'm glad that Justina Machado, she was on one day at a time, which I didn't watch, but um uh it got canceled and a lot of people are very angry that it got canceled. Well talk to Netflix about it. That's all I'm gonna say. I know. Netflix is canceling everything now. Uh, they just canceled Santa Clarita Diet and like half my Facebook is like up in arms <laughs> right now. Ugh outraged i didn't watch that show either um and and then when they announced fuller house had one season left there were people in my group were threatening to cancel their accounts because in protest i was like anyways um yeah it's i don't know (laughs) i guess my thing for me like if if i'm gonna watch it which i probably might it's not going to be what the story is going to be. It's going to be more of 
I want to see if these people can pull off these iconic characters. Because George Jefferson, Edith and Archie Bunker, you know, Wheezy, they're iconic TV characters. I want to see if they can pull this off. Not only are they iconic characters, but they're so closely associated to the people that played them that, like, you can't... Who are all dead, by the way. Um, (laughs) Spoiler alert, they're all dead. Yes. That's like saying, oh, we're going to reboot I Love Lucy. Like, (laughs) Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, oh. I, I'd, I'd be hot in a second if they even tried, because it'd be like, e- no. Well, that and I have a lot of friends who would have issue with that plot mm-hmm. too. Um, I think my sister would probably try to kill somebody, knowing that. Yeah, I, I, I'd be too. You can't recreate that. You can tr- pay tribute to it at CBS. In fact, CBS just aired a colorized the colorized episodes on Friday night. They aired some more episodes of it but colorized. That's the best tribute you can do right yeah. there is just by re-airing the old episodes. Yeah, I have no issue with that. A lot of people do, but I have no issue with they do that with Dick Van Dyke around Christmas too. Right. I wish they did it more throughout the year, but they only do it around Christmas with Dick Van Dyke and. Yeah, that that is great because I feel like it just introduce people to the original. You don't have to re um, reinvent the re- the wheel. Yeah. So, um, my my advice to those who have younger uh, members of the family that end up watching it like it if they end up liking it show them the old episodes show them the classics i don't know why people are so hesitant to do that with their kids now just and and people are like oh well this you know there's stuff in here that's wrong now and i'm like yes it's problematic now but you can sit down tell your kids that yes this is wrong now but at the time this was made people thought blah 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 you know you don't. You can't just have the show teach your kid everything. You can talk to them exactly and say, "Hey, th- th- that's almost as stupid as saying, oh my God, they're not using cell phones.'" You know, <laughs> it's like, and and I want to say this real quick because I had a talk with JT on our trip. Yeah, and I. Cause I, cause I watched an old silent movie while I was up there. Cause I, I still get the discs from Netflix, folks. I'm one of those people. But <laughs> um, I had asked him if he'd ever seen The Wizard of Oz, the you know the the 1939 movie, and he said that he had not seen it, which took me aback a little bit. Cause I, I feel my sister and her husband do a good job of mixing in the the newer stuff and the classics so i was like okay and obviously his two younger brothers have never seen it so i'm like i tell you what we're gonna do because at first i was gonna let them borrow our videotape but um my sister's vcr part of the vcr dvd player died a little while ago So, (laughs) so we can't let them have the videotape so i'm just like you know what I'm going to use my Netflix and 
I'm gonna get the DVD put in the mail and I'll make sure you guys get it to borrow it so <laughs> did they like it they well well we haven't gotten there yet oh okay yeah we we will eventually although I will say real quick before we go to our next topic for those who are curious the movie I watched was called The Freshman. It's a 1925 silent movie starring Harold Lloyd. And I I think they were getting interested in it. The older one was sort of understanding it and the and the middle one, he was reading, you know, some of the words that were on the TV. So So the moral is movies can teach your kids. You just got to pick the right ones. Yeah, and that's interesting, though, because when I was growing up, that movie came on TV once a year. It was like a big deal. I liked it. I That was the first time I ever saw that movie. I really liked it. Oh, well, yeah, I, I don't know why they don't do that anymore, but yeah, when I was a kid, The Wizard of Oz used to come on TV once a year, and that was like a big yeah. deal. Like, <laughs> Just like It's a Wonderful Life comes on once a year. That's it's a what, big deal. It's a big deal. <laughs> it's a big freaking deal. Well, I hope he enjoys it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, what else do we have? Okay. Um, let me see. Uh, so let me. Speaking of um reboots, we are still um in the season of reboots and um they're actually getting renewed which i don't know i just thought they kind of die <laughs> down or something right um so and also um let me see uh i believe they announced that was it this or oh okay this is a okay this is a movie never mind I had heard they were reboot they were doing Charlie's Angels again but they're making another movie yeah I read that recently and I'm not too thrilled about the cast to be honest I, I was like I don't know why they have to do it again they rebooted it already watch that one to be fair, I wasn't really thrilled with that when it came out either, but, you know, oh, you know, um, yep. Oh, um, did we talk about Disney Plus last? We, well, at the time, we had discussed a little bit of it, but we didn't know about the the launch date and the prices. We had not known that at the time. Okay, well, they have announced that um, it is coming November 12th. Yep. And it is seven bucks a month? Or, yeah. I heard six fifty, but now they said this. Well, they, they're calling it six ninety nine, but we'll go seven. Seven, okay. Seven bucks a month, which is, which is cheaper than Netflix. Cheaper than, uh, I'd say... Well, with the exception of ESPN Plus, that's the uh, Disney Plus is about the cheapest streaming service I've heard. So, 
And they are also offering 25 original series, one of which, which is what they got me with, because I was on the fence for a while, because I only have Netflix, because I'm like, I can't afford another streaming service. (laughs) But they have a show called The World According to Jeff Goldblum. I was like, dang it! (laughs) They got, because I had heard, I heard Jeff Goldblum was doing this show um, and it had been in production for like a year and I like, oh, um, <clears throat> where it's him narrating. So I was like, oh my God, I have to, why hasn't this been picked up? Why hasn't this been picked up? And then when Disney Plus announced the launch, they said, oh yeah, plus 10 episodes of The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. So, so needless to say, I'm signing up in November. Um, Netflix. I'm still, that, that's going to be, uh, I'll have to rearrange the budget somehow. But yeah. <laughs> Now, now one thing you didn't mention, uh-huh. um, and, and I want to go back to the prices. Right. Um, the $7 is the monthly thing. But if you want to do the annual package, which is you only pay once a year. Okay. Only $70. So, either way, it's a win-win. I could look into that. Yeah. I'd rather just pay a flat rate. That's easier. Yeah, because I'm more than likely going to get it when it comes out. Like the first I, I'm day. getting it. Um, and getting then it. the other big thing out of that is the Simpsons are going to be on there. Yeah, the once third, I heard all that thirty that. seasons. That was the other thing that got me, too, was once I heard that, I was like, okay. Because I used to love, I was always getting the DVDs. Yeah. And they stopped making them, so I was like, oh. So what I used to also do was when they had every Simpsons ever on, um, the FXX would do the marathon of every Simpsons ever. They do it like a few years. And I'd always try to DVR all my favorite episodes on there, and I couldn't, you know, um, so yeah, I. When um, is November twelfth? Let me check real quick. I, that is a Tuesday. And you know what? They're real slick because they made sure they did it a couple weeks before Thanksgiving when they knew people would be home. Oh yeah, that that's so, one of the things. That's one of the things that I don't think a lot of people ever talk about with Disney, that they're really good at is timing, especially their product. They're so that good. With is the slickest idea is that you're gonna be home around Thanksgiving. It's also it's cold that year. You know, you're gonna be inside a lot. Kids are gonna drive you crazy. Right, it's close to the holidays. You're gonna have tons of kids running around your house. So why not mm-hmm. just on a Disney movie? Yeah. That is that is really genius right there. Because <laughs> I gotta tell you. That is exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if we're going to have kids running around. I don't know if my cousin's kids are going to be here or not, but... Well, <laughs> it's like I... Because um, my friend Jim, who, for those that don't know, he, he does... um He has a podcast called Now That's What I Call Podcasting, where he reviews every Now That's What I Call Music album that is coming out. Um... But we've talked about it, how 
like, because we're both going to get it. Like, I've, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get this. Yeah. My big thing is how they're going to run on opening day. And, and I want to use this as an example. I, I'm not bringing it up because I am a fan of this, but I just want to use this as the perfect example. When WWE Network came out five years ago, I remember all day reading, you know, on my lunch break, got it, but it doesn't work. Got it, it doesn't work. Got it, it doesn't work. I don't think at that time when they first started, they realized how many people they were going to get. That's the thing Disney has to prepare for. They have to prepare for the thousands upon thousands, maybe millions of people that are going to sign up on the 12th of November yeah. and have all everything prepared. Everything ready in case something crashes. Oh, yeah, because there's going to be... It might not be as bad because it's on a Tuesday, but the weekend after that, certainly, yeah. Exactly. That's the key thing. I think the, the funniest thing, and it's not related to Disney+, Plus, but it relates to Disney is the fact that Family Guy is now on Freeform. Yeah. And I'm just like, you talk about an odd pairing. Because Family Guy is not family friendly. Let's just say that for the record. Well, Freeform isn't really family friendly anymore. Except when they do the 25 Days of Christmas. Yeah, Freeform... They... They tried so hard to push on adult content, and they tried to make it relevant to the channel by saying, it's a new kind of family. It's a new kind of... But then, eventually, they're just like, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to put on whatever. But they still have it contractually obligated that they have to air the 700 Club twice a day. So that's, kind of- the, that's the one thing, though. Is like, I wonder how the people at the 700 Club feel about this. <laughs> because... Pat, they have it somewhere in their contract that Pat Robertson said, regardless of what you, you know, what you name the channel, what you aired in channel, blah blah blah, you have to air the Seven Hundred Club at some point. And they always have to put up a disclaimer saying that this does not necessarily reflect the views every time it airs. But yeah, they have to air the Seven Hundred Club, and it's the most awkward. It it made more sense in the '90s when it was the Family Channel, and they were like oh, airing reruns of the Walton. But now, but now they have like, um, I mean, they have shows that Pat Robertson would like have about it. Um, and once they start airing Secret Life of the American Teenager, I was like, ooh, this isn't. <laughs> I didn't realize Pat Robinson or Robertson is eighty nine. I thought he was much older. Yeah, he seems older. I, I was surprised. And that's the other thing too, real quick with the Seven Hundred Club is there's like one or two days out of the entire year where they get that channel to themselves the whole day. Yeah, it's like a telethon or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is it? Yeah, they do. And also, 
I will say this. They aren't doing as many original movies as they used to. Because I remember when 25 Days of Christmas, 13 Days of Halloween, they used to have all their channel had all these original movies they used to air. Now, not anymore. It's like, let's try to see how many ways we can make Harry Potter count Mm -hmm. as a holiday movie. Right. Like, it's not. Um, I got really enraged last year because they didn't show... um, Christmas vacation. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to talk about this, and I was uh-huh. actually surprised that you didn't bring this up. Yeah. But there, there are works right now. It's in development. Yeah. For the prequel to Greece. I heard that, but I thought it was a rumor. Um, well, according to, um, Deadline.com, um, Aladdin screenwriter John August is writing a prequel to this. The picture will take its jumping off point from the song Summer Nights and focus on Danny and Sandy had before reconnecting in the movie that we all know and love. You can't make a movie out of that, though. That's what I heard. That I was like, that would be like the shortest movie. Because if you're just focusing on Danny and Sandy's romance, first of all, you know how it's going to end. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, just the song. The song would tell you the whole movie right there. Um, secondly, see... Also, didn't they romance? Was it like a whole summer or was it just like a few? I thought it was for a few weeks. Yeah, it was a few. Okay. I guess you could, but then it wouldn't really be Greece. It would just be because it's not the whole main conflict of Greece was that Sandy was a um, good goody two shoes and Danny was like a biker guy and they get in. When they met during the summer, he wasn't like that. So, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about the line Cartman said in South Park. This was from like season two, where he's like, "Hey, yeah. guy, remember that movie with John Travolta and they're talking about geek lining and abortions?" <laughs> Jeez. Yep. Uh, I have some comments that I want to read from this website. These are great comments. This one comment says, No, Christ, did did Grease 2 teach you anything, Hollywood? Leave this classic alone. It is perfect. Please don't tarnish its glow. It's amazing Grease 2 didn't completely ruin it either. Another person said, Grease 2 will soon no longer be the worst Grease movie. Uh, (laughs) You'd have to really make it suck for that to qualify, but yes. (laughs) Another person said, a.k.a. Rogue One, a Grease story. Oh, gosh. Um, I had a friend in college who actually liked Grease 2 better. (laughs) I was like, 
not I, I, I do have to read you the the best comment from this article. Yeah. Because the world has been waiting to spend two hours having a minor plot point in a 40-year-old movie explained to them. How about a movie about Mickey Rooney's Japanese character's plane trip to New York before the events of Breakfast at Tiffany's happened? Pretty much. Oh, Mickey Rooney, you were racist in one movie. That right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's basically... See... Like, if you have the whole conflict of the fact that Danny was a greaser and Sandy was a good girl, then yeah. But again, you don't have that conflict because Sandy didn't know that he was like that until she got back to high school. Mm-hmm. Like She didn't know. They were just basically two people who seemed... And she's like, oh, he was a perfect gentleman. And oh, we built sandcastles. And oh, it's so great. And... You don't have the pink ladies there. You don't have the T-birds there trying to pull them apart. So what kind of conflict would you have? Because they basically had this wonderful summer where they got along. And then they go away. At the, the, you know that they're not going to see each other again. Or so they thought. Right. So there's not really much of a conflict at all. Like, what is the... It's... It... it uh... <laughs> I sort of want to wait to see what the cast is. <laughs> now, I mean, if you did, you couldn't even do a prequel like that. I was going to say if you did Grease the year before, but then you wouldn't have that because then Sandy wouldn't be there. And then, um, because apparently there was a part of the movie that implied that Danny and Rizzo used to date. Right. Or, so if you did a movie about that, but again, I don't know. Then, then people wouldn't like Sandy anymore. How about, how about we do Grease Three? They have to pay their college tuition. I was kind of ticked. That's what Grease Two wasn't about. I was really <laughs> no, because I hadn't. I heard there was a Grease Two, so I saw Grease Two, and I had thought. Well, it would have made sense if they did about them in college. Like, but I, I get why they couldn't do it, because I guess they couldn't get John Travolta back. I don't know. Honestly, Grease 2 isn't the worst movie in the world. It's not, but it, if you compare it to the first oh, one. yeah, absolutely. But I, I, I think, I, I guess my thing is, because I've seen both movies, and I love the I love Grease. I love the movie. Yeah. The way people react to the second one, it's as if it was the absolute worst movie ever made in the history of cinema. And it is a total abomination. And it should just be getting rid of and just thrown away from the face of the earth when it's not as bad. I mean, it's not as good as the original, but it's not as bad. I will admit that I like one song from the whole movie. I will admit that much. I, I do. I do as well. I, I do. We, we I might do. have this. We might have the different song. It, it, it's probably not the same song. I can tell you that right do, now. Do you, Do you just want to say it so we could just? Yeah. What, what What song do you like? I like the prowling song. Yeah, that's the prowling song. You know, I'm going prowl. Oh, that. 
Oh, the walk like a T-bird, talk like a T-bird song. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> that was another issue I had with the film because I felt like the T-birds in that film weren't that tough or menacing. They worked. Like, <laughs> like, I feel like if you ran into... Da- I mean, I'm not saying all the ones in the first one were that menacing, but I feel like if you ran into Danny or Kaniki in an alley, I, you'd be legitimately scared. Yeah, especially if you got a hickey from Kaniki. Yeah. It's like a heartwarming Hallmark card. Happy um, Valentine's Day. That's you got a hickey from Kaniki. I the first time I saw that movie I didn't get that part. I was I think I was like twelve when I first saw that movie. <laughs> there was so much of that movie that completely I did not understand because I was twelve. But um I um <clears throat> I I it just, they just didn't seem that tough. And I'm like, really? So the whole conflict of this guy being too dorky to like hang out, I'm like, you're not, you're like dancing, like, yeah, talk like a teamer, walk like a team. Like, you're not really, I mean, I'm, it just, they didn't seem all that tough. The fact that one of the pink ladies was a kid, that was kind of hard to watch, too. <laughs> um, oh, I forgot who played. But she she was like a... They had like one of the pink ladies that was like 12 or something. So then, whereas in the first one, there was pink ladies and there were T-birds, and they all paired up. So like, you know, they were all... Um, Jody, Frenchie, Marty, and Sonny, mm-hmm. uh, Putsy, and Jan, they all paired up. So, But this one, it was awkward because she's 12, so it's like, well, I can't go out with her. That's like, <laughs> you know. And at least I think she was, actually, she might have been 14. She might have been a freshman, but the girl who played her, it, it, it's also awkward because um, in the first Grease, all the characters in the movie were adults playing teenagers, whereas in the second one, it was the same way, but this little girl was actually played by a teenager, so that it looked, the age gap looked even bigger. Uh, I'm trying to find, do, do you remember the character's name? She was her sister, um, her, one of the pink lady's younger sister, oh, God. I think her name was Dolores. Either one of them was named Dolores. I don't know if it was yeah, her Dolores. sister. Okay. Yeah. Played by Pamela Seagal. Oh, I know who that is. I, I uh, that name sounds very familiar. Um, trying to see if they have. Well, if you if you do care, it did manage to make money back in the box office. Oh the, yeah, I know. Because the bod the budget was like eleven million, and they made fifteen. So. Yeah, and I mean, but my favorite song is um, Love Will Turn Back the Hands of Time, even though where the part where they sing it in the movie is really ridiculous, but I love that song. Oh, is that the one where they're in the bunker? No. No. That, that, that was also a weird song. That, um, that was a little freaky. That song, Reproduction, Reproduction, is that all you talk about? Oh, yeah, by the way, if you ever, while Grease won, the songs were sexual nature they were very subtle about it yeah. more so than this one actually they aren't subtle about it now that i watch it as an adult but as a 12 year old they were still pretty subtle. 
Whereas Grease 2, it's like, oh, okay. We have a... Oh, no! The one in the bunker was, let's do it for a country or country. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. It's like, yeah, let's stage nuclear war to get... Yeah, that's really bad. Okay, no. now, now I'm scared because I just learned Christopher McDonald was in the T-Birds in Grease 2. So, so Shooter McGavin was a T-bird before he became a golfer. Yeah. I, wow. Um, but my... No. Um, Love Will Turn Back the Hands of Time is when um, Stephanie, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, is in the play at school. And she's supposed to sing the song this really cheesy song called Girl for All Seasons, mm-hmm. where it's all the pink ladies are doing a stupid song. And she's sad because the cool rider, which is the nerdy guy that disguised himself as a biker, right. she thinks he's dead. So she starts singing this song um, about how she wishes he was there. And so it turns into this daydream and he's singing the song with her and there's like, they're like riding on this motorcycle in heaven and it's like this really cheesy scene, but it's a really pretty song, but (laughs) but just the um, the circumstances of them singing the song are totally ridiculous, but if you just listen to the song, just the audio, it's a really good song, but it's like, really, really bad. Yeah, we we may so basically, folks. We we may get a prequel to Greece. And I'm going to just pretend that it never existed. Well, let's see what happens. Uh, yeah. Do we have anything else? Um. Did um. <clears throat> I think Brian posted something in the group about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh yeah. Um. Basically, just who's up for eligibility for the first time next year or this coming year um i I could go through that real quick um up for new for eligibility because uh it's 25 years that's the rule from your first album oasis sleater kinney weezer corn and the notorious big oh wow I think Biggie's gonna get in. Oh yeah, that, that's that, a no brand. If Tupac's in, Biggie's getting in. Oh, that'll be so sad though, because he wouldn't be here. I'd love it if Weezer got in, but I don't think. <laughs> Maybe not on the first try. They just released a '80s cover album. It's like, like here's the thing with Weezer, real quick. For a long time. You're one of the biggest rock groups in the world. You have your own original songs, your own videos, which the videos are actually really good. And then you do just one cover. You do one cover. And then all of a sudden, you have to do a whole album about... Or a whole album of cover songs. What happened to you, Weezer? What happened? The funny thing is, I first heard of them because they had this song called Buddy Holly and the music video is a Happy Days episode and it came out when I was in middle school and I was obsessed with Happy Days like I so when I turned on MTV it's like oh my god somebody made Happy Days cool because nobody had I was born a year after that show got canceled so nobody my age was watching Happy Days so 
the fact that somebody on MTV made a video of Happy Days episode and and it's a really good video. It, it holds up to this day. And I was like, oh my god, Happy Days is cool. And of course, nobody at my school cared, but I thought <laughs> that was like the best, <laughs> the best thing ever. And then my senior year of high school, they did a um, music video with the Muppets. Muppets. Yeah, I remember that. It was was just hilarious and every time it used to come on tv i'd get <laughs> and then when they did the video for africa which is the cover that i was referring to a moment ago yeah they had weird al as the lead singer or playing the lead singer in the video mm. so music video wise they're still smart they've always been smart with music videos yeah i, I just you know there's a lot of people who, when they came out with Beverly Hills, they hated them after that. They were like, okay, you did, you went, you sold out. I don't mind that song. I actually like that song, but hey. And, and what is sold out, to be honest? you know, I hate that term because people say, oh, they sold out because a group of people who normally wouldn't like their music suddenly like their music because they appealed to them. I'm like, so? That's like with Metallica, real, real quick. Yeah. Like, when Metallica cut their hair, people are like, oh, they sold out. What, what the hell did they sell out for? Because they cut their hair? I get my or, I get my hair cut. No one says, Bill, you sold out. Or it's, oh, they're... Yeah, I, I hate that whole mentality of, oh, it was cooler when nobody knew who they were. I'm like, so? the You know, Jason Newstead, who used to be the bassist in Metallica, I thought he had the best line I've ever heard about, you know, selling out. And he's like, did we sell out? Yes, we did. Every single seat. I was like, perfect. That's right. You need That's to say right. no more. Now you can say, oh, well, I don't like their music anymore because they've gone in a different direction. Exactly. That's fine. I mean... <clears throat> I feel that way about Taylor Swift. I love Taylor Swift, but I miss, you know, early Taylor Swift, country music, girls, ticked off because her um, friend likes the popular girl instead of her music. I like that Taylor Swift. Now, naturally, she can't still do that because she's an adult, but, you know. She's a few years younger than us. Yeah. But, I mean, now she's more pop-oriented. She's not country anymore, but I loved her country music so much and um i wish she would go back to that but that's okay <laughs> um yeah, so because, because we want her to have fights with kanye and katie perry yeah <laughs> kanye i don't even this we're not gonna get into that. he he is not nostalgia folks he i will admit to liking some of his songs when they're 10 years old but no. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we should get into this yeah. very interesting Hard video to... that we or that we both wa well, one of us watched. You I attempted to watch. Yeah, you you watched some parts. I yeah. Um, but we did post it in our Facebook group. Yeah. And what we're gonna review is called A Claymation Easter. Now, before we get into this, I, I want to do a, a quick couple of things. First off, I want to give a brief history. And it's going to be very brief. 
the mm -hmm. brief history of claymation. It, it began in the early 1900s. Um, Ed, Thomas Edison released a, a, a film called The Sculptor's Welsh Rarebit Dream. It's also uh, been referenced to the comic strip Dreams of a Rarebit uh, Fiend. Um, so that was technically the first claymation piece of film that was ever shown. Claymation really wasn't popular until Gumby came along about 50, 60 years later. At that same time, a gentleman by the name of Will Vinton comes along. And he is an animator, but he special or his specialty is more of claymation. Ooh. Now, what people don't know, and this took me by surprise, he has a degree f from UC Berkeley. That's not the surprising part, but he got his degree in architecture, not in animation. He is an Academy Award winner, believe it or not. Um, he won the Academy Award, if I can find it. Oh, crap, I had it too. Doggone it. Yeah, he, but, but, well, in all seriousness, he is an Academy Award winner. And he also, oh, actually, here it is. It's called Closed Mondays. That's the name of the film that he made that won the Academy Award. Mm -hmm. He's also an Emmy Award winner and a Clio winner. Um, if you want to know what the Clio is, go to your local library, because I don't know of it. So Will Vinton, he did a bunch of animated or claymation specials. Mostly, you guys will remember, the California Raisins. Uh-huh. Because that, you know, that was done in claymation. He also did three holiday specials. He did a Christmas one, which won him an Emmy, and and it's pretty well known. It, it's, I guess, to to go into it without spoiling. It's just a bunch of different characters singing Christmas songs. That's really all it is. Then he did a Halloween one called Comedy of Horrors, which also won him up an Emmy, and the one that we're going to review today. Called a claymation Easter, which guess what, Danielle? <laughs> he won an Emmy for. <laughs> Go figure. So all of the holiday specials won a primetime Emmy award. Mm. So to give a to to get into real quick this special. This special aired on April nineteenth, nineteen ninety two. I could not find the channel that it was on. I, I looked for it. I could not find it. But yeah. I do, but I do remember it playing on Disney for a few years. So maybe it was Disney. Maybe well, no, it might not have been because I the the one that I watched had commercials. So I don't really know. So let's dive into this. Well, uh -huh. Pardon the pun for this first part. As we are going to review a claymation Easter. Now, a claymation Easter. I, I want to mention this real quick. The music is done by Mark Mothersbaugh, and yeah. that, that name might be familiar to people. 
because he did music for a little cartoon called Rugrats. So you're definitely going to hear the music from Rugrats in this special. He was also in the band Devo that did um, Whip It. Yeah. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't... Well, I mean, yeah, I sort of forgot about it. <laughs> so we begin our story with Wilshire. Yeah, Wilshire, who is in this dungy old factory, and he's trying a new product out to see if it works. So he uses this other pig named Steve, and he is testing out a shark-proof suit. Well, that didn't quite go over as well. So the test fails, and Wilshire goes to his office, and he looks at his bill and how much money he owes, and he owes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So he turns on the radio and he's listening to a talk show. And who happens to be on this show? But the Easter Bunny. The Easter Bunny is on there. Because, well, it's close to Easter. <laughs> so one caller calls in and says that he heard the Easter Bunny turn down a $5 million offer to do advertisements, to do sneakers, basically. So Wilshire hears this, and he calls the station to talk to the Easter Bunny. And basically, the Easter Bunny says, I don't do this for the money. I do this for the love of the kids and for the love of the holiday. And then Wilshire asks, well... What would happen in case the Easter Bunny went missing? Mm. So we find out that if, God forbid, the Easter Bunny went missing, they'd have to crown a new Easter Bunny. So the next day, uh, the Easter Bunny is painting thousands of eggs, and he gets a knock at the door. And it's Wilshire, but he's a vacuum salesman. So he uses the vacuum and he sucks everything up in the house. And then, at the end, he sucks up the Easter Bunny. Yep, the Easter Bunny has been kidnapped by a vacuum. Yeah, that's where I kind of was like... <laughs> Kind of checked out after that part. <laughs> so, so he, so now Wilshire has the Easter Bunny, and he looks up. He's like, "Okay, well, I, I gotta, you know, dress up to be the new Easter Bunny. You know, I gotta get to be the Easter Bunny." So, the guy, the the host of the radio show, uh, Doctor Spike Rabbit is his name, voiced by Jim Cummings. Uh, he talks to Wilshire, and Wilshire, for the rest of this special, is in a rabbit suit. And there's this one line, and I loved this. And he, and the doctor's like, so, you're a pig in a rabbi costume, and you want to be free. No, I'm a pig in a rabbit costume, and I want to be a rabbit! <laughs> so, <laughs> so this doctor tries to teach 
Wilshire, The Art of Being the Easter Bunny. Or basically, The Art of Being a Bunny. So he happens to do different things, including getting carrots from a garden. And my personal favorite, crossing the street. So Dr. Rabbit shows Wilshire, you know, it's real easy to do. You just walk across. So Wilshire takes a try and he gets run over by a car. Then Wilshire tries a second time and he gets run over by a car. By this time, Wilshire is, he's bandaged up in a wheelchair, just barely hanging in there. And Dr. Rabbit's like, you have blockage, just release the block. So Wilshire starts, he's wheeling himself, he gets about halfway across the street, and then he stops. And then he gets run over by a car again. So, <clears throat> at this point, he he's beaten up. So he gets taken back to his... I guess we could call it his Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> and Dr. Rabbit is trying to get him, you know, better to have him come back. Well, all of a sudden we see this rat. Now, this rat is on throughout the entire special. Says nothing, but he only does two things. This and one other thing that we'll mention at the end. So the rat has the vacuum where the Easter Bunny is. He's trying to take him down the hole. And Dr. Rabbit sees this. Wilshire sees it. And Wilshire, you know, is like, you've seen too much. So he pulls the lever and the vacuum goes down along with Dr. Rabbit. So now... Basically, Wilshire is ready to go to try out to be the Easter Bunny. But he's got to do one more thing. He's got to tie up the vacuumed Easter Bunny. I know that sounds a little weird to say. <laughs> and Dr. Rabbit to be fed by this shark. So, the... So, Wilshire gets... You know, he goes down. He tries to sign up to be in this competition to be the new Easter Bunny. And we get this whole thing of how it's like, you're a pig. No, I'm a bunny. No, you're a pig dressed as a bunny. So we get this good dialogue and one of the judges is like, why don't you tell him the rules and how he can't be in this? Well, I... I I mean, technically, there are no rules that doesn't say a pig can't be in this. And then Wilshire has the best line of the entire special. He's like, if you don't let me in, I'm going to get the ACLU on you guys. <sighs> so they're like, okay, okay. The last thing we need is another lawsuit. <sighs> so Wilshire gets put into the competition. Meanwhile, the Easter Bunny and Dr. Rabbit get eaten by the shark. And, hey, there's Steve the Test Pig. He's still alive. So, now, they're trying to figure out, okay, what can we do to get out of here? So, someone suggests, oh, well, maybe we can light a match. And they're like, 
Nah, it's not going to work. So, meanwhile, the uh, Easter Rabbit contest is going to begin. And the first contest is you have to hatch an egg. So, Wilshire thinks, okay, this is a, a race competition without knowing what's going to happen. So, they all sit on the egg and they're sitting, they're sitting. And Wilshire talks to the egg and he's like, hey, you better hatch. And this little chick who has this manly voice is like, no way, I'm not getting out of this. So then, all of a sudden, Wilshire gets a bomb and he puts it on the egg. And he basically blows up not only the egg, but injures other competitors in this. And the chick waves the white flag, surrendering, and he pulls out the chick, and Wilshire wins the first, the first event. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, back in the shark, the Easter Bunny, Dr. Rabbit, and Steve, they're trying to figure out how to get out. And, you know, they're still trying to figure it out. So our next competition is to deliver Easter eggs to the kids. So, you know, the rabbits in this, they're on their little mopeds. They're, you know, driving around. They're going to deliver the eggs. So you figure, okay, well, Wilshire's going to do that too. Uh-uh. Nope. He uses his robotic lowrider to mm. deliver the eggs. And the song Lowrider gets played during this. So, Wilshire basically injures the competition while trying to put the eggs in the basket. And he manages to cross the line just as the Lowrider breaks down. So, we now go back to the shark and the Easter Bunny, Dr. Rabbit, and Steve... They're trying to figure out a way to get out. Well, Dr. Rabbit has an idea. He starts singing a song, but not just any song. He sings a sad song. He sings the song, Release Me. And, you know, they're all holding back the tears. The Easter Bunny, the pig, and the shark. They're holding back the tears because they don't want to cry. So now we go back to the arena. And Wilshire is the only competitor left. All the others have been injured. So all Wilshire has to do to become the new Easter Bunny and to get the, you know, because he wants to get the money. That's all he's in for is the money. All he has to do is cross the street. Mm -hmm. And he lets out this big scream of... No, you know I'm not. I'm not gonna really scream it into everyone's ears and ruin their eardrums. But basically, he's got to cross the street. That's what he's got to do. So he has this fear. Meanwhile, Doctor Rabbit is still singing, and the tears are about to come out. Danielle, they're gonna come out. Mm -hmm. So now we're back at the arena. Wilshire takes a step, and there's no car. There's no car. So now he's going to make his way across the street. So we get back to the shark. 
and the tears finally flow. The Easter Bunny's crying, Steve's crying, and the shark cries, and he spits them out so far that they go out of this warehouse that they've been in, mm -hmm. and they're flying. Meanwhile, Wilshire, he's about to sit on the throne. He's about to become the new Easter Bunny, and he's getting a round of boos from the people in the stadium because they know this is wrong. He's going to be the new Easter Bunny. And then all of a sudden, here they come, coming from the sky. And just as Wilshire is about to take his seat, it's the Easter Bunny. He's back where he belongs. Mm. So Wilshire can't believe it. And he gets run over by a car. And the fans are cheering. And they're singing the Hallelujah song. And, you know, everyone's happy. This last line, Danielle, mm -hmm. is the biggest head-scratcher I think I've, I, I've ever had in watching a special. Just as they are about to finish singing the song, the Easter Bunny goes, This is the happiest ending of my life! So, what that gets to me, Danielle, and I'm going to think outside the box, <coughs> is he's had a lot of happy endings in the past. Yep. So, you'd think, well, that's the end. But we get, during the credits rolling, we see a bunny soldier standing, and look, oh, here's the rat. Remember the rat from earlier when he tried to take the vacuum down the hole? Well, he's just sniffing around, and he bites one of the, he beat, or he beats, he bites on the soldier's ankle to a scream. And that is a claymation Easter. Sticks to the true spirit of Easter, Danielle. Yep. Um, so let me ask you this. Because you didn't see all of it, but I think you saw a good portion <laughs> of it. Yeah. What did you think of it as a whole? It kind of reminded me of an Easter version of the Santa Claus. Okay, that's a good comparison. Um, I, I really like the claymation in this. Um, I, I've noticed for myself the last several years, I've become I'm, I'm becoming more of a fan of animation. I mean, I'm not, you know, crazy to go and think, okay, I'm going to do animation or study animation, but I'm really, you know, enjoying it. And to think that this was done in 92, you know, and to see how far we've come overall is quite incredible. Um, it's a, the story is told, I think the best that you can for a kid special. You know, it's like, okay, how can we tell a story of someone trying to be the Easter Bunny. We're going to kidnap the Easter Bunny. No one's ever done that. And the story, for the most part, is done pretty good. You have, yeah. you have those one or two moments in the special where it's weird, but it's not completely weird, if you, if, if you understand where I'm coming from. So, I overall... I think this is well done. It's a shame that 
there are no more, you know, specials that Will Vinton did after this, because, you know, after this, he ends up working on TV shows. Um, mainly, I, I think the one that people probably would remember the most is the PJs, um, the show with Eddie Murphy on it. And he also did Gary and Mike, which is a very... It, it's a it's a show that's not known, but it's there. It, it, it happened. Let's just say that. Um, but yeah, he does not do another TV special after this, which is a shame. Because I think if he had done more, I think if the studio had done more, um, he probably could have won some more Emmys. Because he, he'd won two prior to this one. Mm-hmm. All the TV specials get nominated for an Emmy, and he ends up winning three, which is really a good honor, I think. Yeah. Um, Will Vinton, and he was mentioned in the uh, memoriam tribute at the Academy Awards this year. He passed away in October from multiple myeloma, which is a cancer of plasma cells which is a type of white blood cell typically responsible for producing antibodies. So mm-hmm. that's that's what he passed away from. Wow. He was only 70 years old. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we do have some comments on YouTube of this special. I'm not going to read all of them. Mm-hmm. But I want to read some of the best ones. Uh... Cody Taylor said that pig has a wicked ego. That's a good point. Blue Froggy wrote, This movie traumatized me as a child. For years I felt anxiety when I heard Lowrider on the radio and couldn't remember why. Mmm. Wow. (laughs) Uh, And the last one from J.R. Garcia... I remember watching this on the VHS so many times because I liked it so much. I'm glad I got to find it, been wanting to watch it. He remembers watching it on the VHS, did Ah. <laughs> on the VHS. Not a VHS. The VHS. The VHS. The VHS. Uh, unfortunately, none of our Facebook members had any comments about this which I'm a little disappointed about, but, you know, we've all been busy. Easter's coming. So, but we did get a like for posting this, so that's pretty cool. Uh, all right, well, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, we'll get, we'll tell you what we're going to do next month in a, in a moment, but I just want to do our plugs. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at NostalgiaCrew15, and you can join our Facebook group. Just type in Nostalgia Crew, and you are right there. Uh, Danielle, is there anything that you want to plug at this point in time? Nope, I can't think of anything that I really want to plug. Again, we have the Facebook group. I need to post more in the Facebook group. We just got a new member today. Yep. (laughs) Um, And, yeah. Um, so next month, uh, we, we are going to talk about the video game hall of fame because 
they're going to announce the class of 2019 relatively soon. Actually, I think it's within about a week and a half. Um, so by the time the next episode comes up, we'll know the class of 2019 for that. And I'm sure we'll come up with other topics to discuss between now and next month. Maybe maybe we'll have more on Lori Lachlan going to jail, possibly. Um, maybe you never we'll have, know. Yeah, we we'll never know. <laughs> so, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Have a happy Easter for those that do celebrate it. And for those who celebrate Passover, have a happy Passover. Don't want to forget them. You wonderful people. And until next time, for Danielle, I'm Bill. This has been Nostalgia Crew.